Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa habibina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin Rabbi shrahi sadri wa yassili amri Wahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Ma ba'd Respected elders Dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us human beings with different personalities and different attitudes. Yet there are certain things in our nature which run across the board, which run across almost all human beings. And one of those things that are part of our human nature is to start taking, taking things for granted. What does that mean? It means that when we get used to something, I mean something which is positive, something which is good, a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we get used to it and we easily forget that it is actually a great blessing of Allah. In, Allah, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to remember His blessings and His favors upon us. Not to be from among those who are ungrateful, those who are forgetful, or worse yet, who deny the, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, my brothers and sisters, as we look around the world today, and then we look at ourselves here, we realize that we are incredibly blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in so many ways. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen We live here and we gather here as we are today freely, Alhamdulillah without any restrictions, Alhamdulillah We dress as we want We worship as we want And one of the things I like to also be grateful for and I like to remind you once in a while is that Whatever I am saying today, my notes, no one has checked this. I haven't showed them to anyone beforehand. More importantly, I was not required to have it vetted and have it shown to someone to make sure that it's okay. I can choose to do that if I want to, which may be a good idea sometimes. But I am not required to do that, alhamdulillah. All of these things which I am describing that we are enjoying, that we have been blessed with, alhamdulillah, they're not the case, as we know, in many other parts of the world, including many Muslim-majority countries. Alhamdulillah, we are not governed by a dictator who's been in power for 20, 30, 40, who knows how many years. Well, he is the son of a former prime minister, but he was elected. His father didn't pass it on to him, say, okay, my son, now I want you to be the prime minister after I am gone. Actually, his father, I remember my father telling me that when he would go to work downtown Montreal, he would pass by the former prime minister walking down the street with his briefcase, just like an ordinary individual. Famous name. Huh? 
big history if you read of it. Right? If you read about it, right? his father has a big history as, as, a, as a former prime minister of the country. But after he retired, he continued to work. It's not like he was walking, you know, sitting at home, enjoying. You know, he continued to work. And he would walk just like everyone else. No entourage, nothing. You wouldn't even know. And he'd just pass by, say hi, or just like everyone else. All other pedestrians and commuters in the city. So this is something that we're not used to. This is something, sadly, which we are not used to, but actually is one of the teachings or part of the teachings of our deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. We find accountability. That the government is accountable to the people. The politicians, even people with high positions, are not above the law. There are instances, people get arrested, corruption charges, mayors, councillors, members of parliament, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you've committed a crime, there's an investigation, the law will catch up with you. You can contact your local member of parliament if you need help, even if you just want to share something. If you have some concerns, you can meet them. You can write to the prime minister. Right? Most of the time, he won't respond by himself. He'll have people who write letters. But nonetheless, your letters, your emails even, will be acknowledged. Right? You can write and you can complain. They have parliamentary committees that study various topics of importance, especially before bills become law. You can go there and you can testify. And the committee will listen to you. And they will take various perspectives and comments into consideration. It's very, you know, I've known about this, I've studied it, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, very, it's a very peculiar, it's a very different feeling when you're actually there, because Alhamdulillah had the opportunity to do that, when you actually go and you testify, right, and you realize um, how, um, you know, how great this aspect is, that people who are running the government who are involved in running the affairs of the country are willing to even invite people from different segments of the population and at least listen to them. Perhaps they won't act, in many, you know, many cases, they won't act upon what has been said, but at least the opportunity to sit down in a calm manner and to, to give one's perspective, one's point of view, and for it to be listened to seriously and be taken into consideration. You know, the wealth not being hoarded by one or two people or a family. It's not perfect because no place in the world is going to be perfect. But it is much, much better than many other places, alhamdulillah. You have an election going on and you wouldn't know it if it wasn't for, you know, you paying attention to the news or seeing the election signs outside. Alhamdulillah, no violence. So credit must be given where credit is due. And we must be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the good. And we must extend our appreciation to those who have worked to make this happen. You see, my brothers and sisters, the good that we find, it should increase us. It should increase us in our love and appreciation for our country. This is not a love that is based on petty or baseless nationalism. But the love that one feels for one's homeland, a place that one calls home, and appreciation for the good that it contains. You see, the Prophet 
was deeply saddened when he was first told right after receiving prophethood, right after receiving the first revelation, when he was told that in the future he was going to be driven out of his city by his people. This was something that really shocked him and saddened him very much. Afterwards, Ibn Abbas reports that the Prophet addressed the city of Mecca, saying, how pleasant a city you are, how beloved you are to me. Had it not been for my people who expelled me from you, I would not have lived in any other city. Once in the city of Medina, the Prophet made the dua that, O oh Allah, make Medina as beloved to us as you made Mecca beloved, or more than that. Now, of course, Mecca is a blessed city, and naturally, every Muslim loves it and is attracted to it due to its blessings. But Ibn Hajar, he says that all of this points to the lawfulness, all of this points to the lawfulness of loving the homeland and having a yearning for it, having an attachment with it, and loving it, and feeling closeness to it. I would also like to note here that there is a saying which is often said to be a hadith, but it is most likely not, and that is Hubbul Watani Min Al Iman, that the love of one's homeland is from faith. These words are not established as being from the words of the Prophet and the major authors who have studied fabricated a hadith consider this to be a fabricated hadith. So we should keep this in mind when discussing this topic. Now my brothers and sisters, many of us have come here from abroad and have made this country our homeland. And certainly it is the homeland for our children. Therefore, our love and concern for promoting goodness and discouraging evil and harm should lead us to be concerned, should cause us to be concerned for the well-being of our country and to work towards its betterment. Because with all the positives, we see there are still problems. There are still problems because it's not perfect even to the point of oppression. Or if there isn't right at this moment, our country can certainly fall into it very, very easily. We have lived through times when innocent people were accused of crimes. Our country has been involved in wars resulting in the killing of many innocent people. It has supported you know, uh, countries who are committing illegal aggressions against innocent people. We know that healthcare is getting worse. We know that there is concern for the environment. We know that there are communities right here in Canada in 2019 where people are suffering from a lack of basic necessities. Clean water is an issue for many communities, Aboriginal communities. Our country is running on borrowed money and the debt is increasing. You know, and you might think that this doesn't really have anything to do with me. Huh? Why does it matter to me? Oh, whatever happens, happens. I'm here. 
I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to you know, enjoy my life. Why should I worry about anything else? Huh? See, my brothers and sisters, when we look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, we find that he always stood up for people's rights and always stood up for the greater good. Always stood up for the rights of the oppressed, for the rights of those who were wronged, and stood up for things which were in the greater interest, in the public interest. So therefore, we have a religious duty and a civic duty to defend and to promote people's rightful rights, to stop oppression and aggression, and to minimize harm. If harm is occurring, if you are able to stop it fully, we should try to stop it fully, of course. But if you're not able to stop it fully, it doesn't mean that we put our, put our hands up and we sit back and we say, well, since they can't stop it fully, I'll just leave it be. I'll just let it be. No. Right. We have a responsibility that when harm is, is, is happening, when harm is taking place, or there is a potential for harm to take place, we have a responsibility to minimize that harm and to try to limit it and try to stop it. Now the question is, what are some of the values that we should be promoting? So for that, we can look at what values the Prophet ﷺ promoted. So first of all, the freedom to practice our faith and the protection of minorities. The Prophet ﷺ fought for this in Mecca in the beginning. This was a key factor when emigrating to Abyssinia and to Medina. And the Prophet ﷺ offered protection in Medina to those who were persecuted and to minorities. So that's number one. Accountability and equal justice for all. The Prophet ﷺ said that the nations before you were destroyed. The nations before you were destroyed because they would punish the lower class criminals according to the law, but would let go those from the higher class. So injustice, right? Especially when it comes to dealing with people who commit crimes, this has to be fair and equal. Fair taxation and effective government. You know, taxation Islamically, right, is permissible, but fair amounts. Fair amounts of taxation and taxing people on what is beyond what they need. Taxing wealth, which is beyond what is, what are their necessities. And not having excessive and wasteful spending. Another value we should be promoting is cutting deficits and paying off debt. Did you know that Canada's debt stands at $695 billion? That's B. $695 billion and it's growing by $2.2 million per hour. How much is it growing by? $2.2 million per hour. Huh? Servicing costs, right, because of interest, approximately $29 billion per year, right? And when the budget is not balanced and we're running a deficit, obviously that number is not gonna get any smaller. It's gonna get bigger and it's gonna get bigger faster. The Prophet ﷺ said that the best are those who are best in paying off the debt. 
and he sought refuge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallah, I seek refuge with you from sin and heavy debt. Right? So taking out a debt for permissible things when it is necessary is permissible is allowed. But continuing to take on debt and piling on debt, especially debt which is incurring interest charges, right? this is something that we should, not, we should be working against or working for resolving. Care for the poor, for the less fortunate, for the homeless, for refugees. The Prophet ﷺ arranged for assistance for people who were needy and for refugees, for immigrants who came from Mecca to Mukarramah. Right. Should we be focusing on jobs? The Prophet ﷺ wanted people, whoever was able to be self-sufficient, to be self-sufficient. Right. Encouraged business, honest business and trade and education. Right. The Prophet ﷺ's approach was verse to equip people. Equip people to be able to earn on their own. Our religion is not a religion of handouts. Uh, people who like, to, who like and love to live off welfare. This is not us. Yes, if you need it, that's fine. If you have no other, you know, if you're not able, if you have a problem, you're not able to earn in any other way, you really need it, khair, no problem. Then that should be there for those who need it. But if someone is able-bodied, is able to work, uh, should be like, oh, I'm going to sit at home, uh, fraud, uh, earn money under the table, keep taking welfare. Uh, it's a cow that you keep milking. This is not, this is not the approach of a believer. This is not the, tr the, the, the characteristics. These are not the characteristics and the behavior of a true believer. Focusing on peace and not war. Right, the Prophet Sallallahu focus was on establishing peace treaties. Right? Not spreading turmoil and killing and oppression. And of course internationally to stand up for justice and for the oppressed and not side with the oppressors. And the Prophet Sallallahu has been very clear about that as well. Right? Even people who you are friendly with, uh, even countries our country is friendly with, our approach should be to try to encourage them to stop their oppression if they are engaged in oppressive acts. My brothers and sisters, one of the greatest ways that we can have impact to promote positive values is by engaging in the electoral process. The election is on October 21st, inshallah. The federal election will decide how our country is run for the next four years. And the decisions that are made by the people in the government that is elected will impact the areas that we have discussed and many other areas as well. So my message is, my brothers and sisters, love your homeland where you are from, but also love the homeland where you live and where your children will be living and care for it. Take an interest in its affairs. Protect it from harm and bring it closer to goodness through your actions and by promoting that which is good. It doesn't just have to be through elections that okay, you vote once and that's it, khalas, you're done for the next four years. No, should be concerned, you should be paying attention, right? Should be engaged in different ways. This is not the only way, right? But this is one of the most important and most effective ways of how to effectuate positive change in our country. And of course, along with any other effort that we make, 
Regardless, it's an effort in our, whether it's an effort in our home, efforts at work, efforts at school, efforts in society and in community, all of our efforts should always be accompanied by lots of dua and dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And along with our efforts that we do with our hands, with our minds, that we do physically, we should also be making efforts to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sadly, my brothers and sisters, we are seeing what is happening in many parts of the world, as I said earlier, especially in majority Muslim countries. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with a great opportunity that others can only dream of. That others can only dream of to be in our situation. So we must make the best use of it, inshaAllah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this land a land of goodness, of compassion and justice. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect it from all types of harm and evil. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a good place for us and our future generations, for their deen, their dunya, and especially their akhirah. Ameen ya rabbal alameen.